And this is where I've been advised to give a few seconds before I go into the opening because sometimes the different stream services clip it off. Oh, I did not know that. Right. So I'm going to just wait a few seconds before I say, and we're back. Welcome to the. Uh, I'm going to need to redo that. And we're back. Welcome to Preacher Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for our gamers. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by. Kristen Sauer is also known as Seventh Mastery. Kristen, I have had an interesting week with my 3D printing lately with successes. No, oh, good, good. I have humiliating had humiliating failures. Failures. Yeah, it is a fail week for me. For no. Sure. I yes. swear, audience, this hobby is not filled with failure <laughs> and frustration. Well, it is, uh, but it's also failed with very cheap second efforts. So, right. Like, I don't remember the thousand prints that turned out really cool like my little wolf boy. Yes. I like my little wolf boys. Your little wolf boy. He's he's still waiting for some color, though. He wants that color. I see it. He's wolf boy number four. I have to four? paint six of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> I am also working on a squad of horrors, but mine are mm. more pustule and tentacly. Mm. So let's talk about successes. Let's lead positively. What successes have we had? I... Mm -hmm. have fixed the Neptune 3. Awesome. I, I got angry. I got mm -hmm. very angry mm -hmm. that, you know, this, this horrible evil devil printer would <laughs> dare defy my will mm -hmm. or that I would be asked to solder something. Do so. <laughs> solder something. <laughs> yes, yes. To be fair, I still do not know if I need to solder because uh, screw that noise. Um, when I, like, do not hand me a replacement part that does not have a connector on it. Like, I get it. I will totally get into that solder tinker mode, but when I'm buying consumer products, I am not buying a kit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're buying um, a kit that says kit, I expect some some effort. Right, but right. when you've when you've got your printer that, you know, we backed both of us on day one of the kit store, I think within the first mm -hmm. hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of want I want something a little more polished. So I followed an alternative repair plan. To be fair, oh. Elegu did give me this option. This is all working with Elegu support. Okay. All right. So instead of replacing said hot end that I did not ask them to send me, they sent me that of their own volition. Mm -hmm. um, they walked me through getting the goo off of my existing installed hot end to see if there was any damage to it. Gotcha. Uh, which all involved getting a little pair of snips mm -hmm. and heating the hot end up to 210 degrees Celsius, which is, you know, what you normally print at. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty close. And then once I did that, first I had to remove the shroud and all that jazz, which is not that bad. So the shroud has the fans that cool the stuff so that your prints come out good. And I just very carefully, with the scalding hot thing in front of me, I'm making this out to be more epic than it is. This is just boring. It's pretty I, epic. I slowly peeled away the molten plastic made out of dead corn, which is what PLA is made out of, uh, and was able to fairly easily clean it up actually um i was i lucked out that the plastic did not damage um did not like exp explode the actual shroud or to get uh any badness you know it didn't ruin the wires which is something that can happen where yeah. it, it it breaks the temperature wires and and at that end you then then you actually do need that replacement hot end right right uh so i lucked out 
and was able to get it all done. And then I was able to further diagnose the true heart of the problem, which is not actually a clog, even though clogging was, it's like clogging is the result. It's the symptom, not the disease. And I was able to verify that what was happening is I was running firmware 1.0.2. So if you're running firmware 1.0.2, update your firmware. Um, and in that version of the firmware, I would level the bed using the mm-hmm. auto leveler. And mm-hmm. then I would set the Z offset using the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Then you could immediately level the bed again and get a wildly different number. The truth here is that the actual Z offset number, mm-hmm. the number itself was important. Not what the printer thought it was at the gotcha. leveling process. And for my printer, it was like 21 or 23, um, right around there. And I was getting offsets using the leveling process as high as like 45 or as little as 12. And neither of those are 23. Yeah. Yeah. So when I would then, and I thought I was doing everything right. You level the bed, you follow the thing, you put the piece of paper, everything normal, everything copacetic. Mm -hmm. Um, and then to have it just like start printing in midair or, or worse, I could hear the nozzle grinding Grinding. across the metal mag plate. Oh, that's the worst. It was not fun at all. It was not, it made me cringe, Kristen. It made me cringe. Well, that's going to clog your end right there. Yeah, it was just that the Z offset was just not saving correctly, not reading correctly during the leveling process, and updating the firmware fixed it. Um, And now it levels and prints perfect every dang time. So have you printed a few prints off of it? Yeah. What you printed? Uh, The same boring stuff I always print. Uh, This is all boring. I printed a bunch of these. Okay. Which are movement trays. They look nice. Uh, Yeah, because these are. Circle bases to no king. Uh, these are circle bases to regiment movement trays, which are useful for Oathmark and Age of Fantasy regiments. Gotcha. And guess which of those two I'm actually interested in? Age of Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a bias there, but mm. I did actually. I have tried out Oathmark, and it is a fun game that is not very balanced. And you can have fun with not very balanced games, but you have a lot more fun with a balanced game. <laughs> I mean, depending on what people are playing. Sometimes people play, you know, mm-hmm. bad armies on purpose. Like, sure. you know, I, I've seen some orc stands that mm-hmm. up until recently didn't have the best odds. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make some part of our audience like kind of mad at me right now. But mm-hmm. I am a firm believer of this in both RPGs and in war games or any or anything like that. Uh, is that there is nothing that makes a balanced competitive game less narrative than an imbalanced non-competitive game. The fact that your game is balanced or unbalanced as a baseline of how the factions compete with each other, unless you're doing it on purpose explicitly to have an unbalanced experience, makes the game better that it is done poorer. I'm not sure I tracked that, but I'm also mm-hmm. not sure I agree. I am a big fan of perfect imbalance. So I, I think, you know, the wonky side cases are where the fun is, in my opinion. But I'm also really weird. So I guess what I'm saying is that if a game just doesn't have game balance at all, 
and is and has all this awesome narrative stuff that you can do with it. Mm -hmm. All the awesome narrative stuff still exists if you take the time to play test and balance your game. Well, sure, sure. I mean, lore, lore. It's that. What is it? Uh, crunchy, crunchy versus fluffy versus. Mm -hmm. um, someone had a good access the other day. Squishy or something. It was. It was four things. What is it? Crunchy, fluffy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to remember it right now, but yeah, lore, lore and rules are not on the same axis. Right. And it's the Stormbringer fallacy all over again, where it's just uh, the, the idea that a power gaming character or a, a uh, optimized character can't also be a role player is yeah. is like is not true. And this as much as I like Elric, I think you mean the Stormwind fallacy. <laughs> sure. The Stormwind fallacy. I do Storm like Wind Stormbringer, fallacy. though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bad there. The Stormwind no, no. fallacy. Yeah, just because the character is is optimized does not mean that you can't be a RPG. Alex is uh, wondering if this is a, a shade conversation about voting. Uh, no, I, it's not. No, it's no, not. I, I heard how bad that was. I mean, that they're like oh ridiculously OP. Is this true? It, we, we, oh no, I've lost you, Perrin. came me in. Huh? I, I, you're back now. So start over, Votan. Go. Okay, so leagues. Okay, so this is a 40k thing. Uh, the they just had new faction release, and if you're a 3D printer, you know this because every sci-fi mini maker has made their own version of these proxies that are out before the GW version and wildly stores. different than the actual models. Yeah. Yes, yes, not all of them, but a lot of them are. Um, I like them a lot. Uh, the various space dwarves because I like I love squats to begin with, and I love Deep Rock Galactic, and I love this whole vibe going on with like dwarfs in space because of course because I also love the space trucker genre and these two that is a Venn diagram that is a circle. Space truckers, space dwarves are in the same like, Venn. Okay, okay, sure, like rough tough dudes who get crap done in space and get dirty doing it <laughs> i mean i guess i did see uh dusk realms their first space dwarf vehicle or something dropped and it was very much kind of like a a trucker thing yeah i i, I mean i've the periphery of space when we start settling things is not going to be star trek they're going to speak with a twang and do their ballads on a banjo <laughs> But I did hear day zero rules patch. Is this true? Yes. Yes. So leagues of OTAN, their codex leaks. This is why we know about it. The le it leaked online, so everybody got to get on tabletop simulator and do a whole lot of playtesting to see, hey, how these things are. And they were kind of on epic brokenness. There were versions of these characters that could kill Gilliman twice with one shot. Um, so these. They were better shooters than the towel, and they tough little space marine buggers as well. So, like, they were broke, broke. Um, and this actually made it to print, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. because, it, and I'm not surprised by that because a whole lot of people were. And, but like, I'm used to doing like the Paizo circuit and talking with people in that and talking with people at Wizards and other big companies that publish the way that, um, that, that, uh, that Games Workshop has to publish, which is this stuff is written last year and then gets sent to the print because it takes months and months and months, especially in post-COVID for these books, these physical books, which is how they do their rules for Warhammer 40K, mm -hmm. which is nuts. Um, 
and then those books have to go get printed and come back overseas. So they are right, and they admit this in an apology video that they released, but this was common knowledge anyway, um, is basically that those books were written months and months and months ago, and they balanced it based off of the other books that they were writing at the time and not the current meta. You're, they're trying to shoot a target a year in the future with this method. And that's very hard things to do. As it's a multi-channel geek, uh -huh. Magic the Gathering does it all the time and they nail it. I mean, relatively. Well. I know there's occasionally a card that slips out that's terrible, but this, mm, this seems pretty big. Yes, it is. Uh, it's hard. It, gang design is hard. And balance is, as much as I, I harp on it's important, it's sometimes hard. And Games Workshop does not have a reputation of being particularly good at either of those two things. Fair. Fair. Uh, and so they, they actually released an apology video about this. They released a day one patch that basically makes the that printed book worthless. Um, unless, like, all, the, the, the lore is, is great and it's a big party book. It's got lots of them pictures filled with painted minis. Almost awesome. everybody I know has bought two of those boxes too. <laughs> like the, yeah. the plays them anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the minis are awesome. They, they look do look really great. good. Great. They're really, really good. Um, and the balance pass really was mostly like they nerfed one of their army rules so that they aren't two shot at Gilliman in the same bullet. Um, <laughs> and they basically made them cost a lot more. Uh, like 20, some as much as 40% more points than they were costing. So, hey, that box that you bought goes further. You get to 2,000 points a lot quicker now. <laughs> nice. Yeah. We'll and just like the rumor, price. And rumor on the wind is that 10th edition is is imminent. So, and that it will probably involve a, a, a blank slate new set of compendiums for why? everybody. Sorry. I mean, I, we know why money, but it's, mm -hmm. it's money. always the weirdest thing that at the end of an edition, you get these things that come out that like are so, I don't want to say they're always broken because sometimes they're just really cool. And then, you know, then the edition shifts away from them. I think, you know, you've seen a lot of content come out like for 5e that's about to all be, mm -hmm you know, obliviated by one D and D coming out. So it's a similar thing. Right. And, and to be fair, one D and D is like, and, and even with 10th edition and Warhammer is actually a lot closer. Like they're very backwards compatible. There's, there's some like maybe backwards compatible, but maybe not optimized. I still feel bad for those Bretonia players that were stuck on sixth edition codex <laughs> until the end of time for their army. Right. Right. It, uh, it's looking like one D and D like it's, Framework is still very similar um, mm -hmm. to the point where you could probably even mix classes from both games. But um, I did notice that the the classes we've seen are distinctly better. The the mm -hmm. one 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 D and D editions are just a little better mm -hmm. than than their 5e account, counterparts. So I think that's how they're going to get people to buy in. Mm -hmm. I like what i'm hearing about 1 D a lot actually uh it is adding just the right amount of from what they've said just the right amount of spice to fifth edition to get me interested yeah i think i think it's a, a move in the direction i'm interested in anyway uh, it'll be interesting to see what the community thinks especially after recent kerfuffles but i digress yeah. speaking of design failures we didn't talk about mine Ooh, what's your design <laughs> failure you, you designed well, 
No. Well, yes, I did. I, I hit bashed <gasps> for the very first time from three different things. Uh, I'm hoping my friend isn't watching, but if she is, oh well. I was trying to make her PC, which um, oh. is this this one. If you're not, if you're listening to this, uh, it's a winged sorcerer who's got draconic elements and, mm -hmm. and shooting missiles and spell effects and stuff. Um, but <laughs> uh, in this learning process, because I was so happy, it's one piece, you know, even the base mm -hmm. is thing, and I, I printed it all together. But um, she's warped, and oh, um, she, what's the warp? She, mostly her base. But she okay. is so top heavy on the back here with mm -hmm. the wings that this little beveled base is just too warped mm -hmm. and she falls over. I, I can't show it on camera. Clearly, she... this is time for tactical rock. Tactical rock, yes. Uh yeah, it's it's not it's not terrible, Dave, David says. That doesn't look too much like a design failure. It's usable. It's usable. And I will say mm -hmm. the same. She was not born alone. In her tray from the Grey Goo also rose a large number of terrain essentials um wall segments from the short walls okay great. my players are definitely liking half height I, people who've been paying attention right. to me anywhere know mm -hmm. that i use a lot of dungeons and lasers but the mm -hmm. the full height walls um are mm -hmm. what about almost two inches i think it's about this one, uh, about two inches yeah um and you <laughs> yes we need a whole episode about tactical rocks david says um but you know when you have this on both sides of your map um, you can't like if you're not like leaning right over in my center of my table, you cannot see in the dungeon, and it drives a lot of my players batty because they cannot see. So half height walls seem to be much more mm -hmm. popular, and um, unfortunately, a lot of my half height walls. Sorry, I think I can grab one. I can. Mm -hmm. You can see that they are not. <laughs> they're oh. not exactly linear. There's a little teeny pancake loopy. Yeah, a little goopy. Is that the bottom of the mall or the top? No, that is actually the bottom. So that one's going to be rough to use. Mm. This, and the top seems pretty good, actually. Yeah, However, so... because they stack on each other, this will work. And they are supposed to be ruins. And David's tactical rocks along the base probably could fix the, the look. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Now I have a question. Is yes. that using their pre-supports? This is not. This is using my own pre-supports. Because you hollowed it? I did hollow it. Good. How? Uh, yeah, that's the disadvantage. Okay. So I know what happened there. You know what happened here. I want to hear what happened. What? Where was my mistake, oh, master? Um, well, I know this because I just had to go through this with a different project that I was going to bring up. Is you needed... Okay, so... Resin printing is tough because you need, especially when you want to get something dimensionally accurate. Yes, dimensionally accurate. David asks, are those walls in resin? Yes, uh, terrain mm -hmm. essentials were optimized for resin printing, to my understanding. Yes. Uh, and if you look at their pre-supported files, you'll see that they have done what I'm about to say to do. Because people really criticized those pre-supports when they came out because mm -hmm. they are, they are quote-unquote over-supported. But mm -hmm. when you are having to do dimensional accuracy on large flat surfaces like that that mm -hmm. need to be absolutely straight and flat and accurate which you do need to do with interlocking terrain stuff yep. um what you have to do is the dice method of supporting where you take you it's not so much that you needed more supports um because of physics but to keep the thing from breaking away uh that could have happened that could have been part of this or not but 
the resin, when it's the suction force, the pill force is going to naturally warp the part that keeps getting pulled on as the further parts get built on top of it. You just need to make sure that uh, the um, the part has an anchor point in space and that something else suffers that penalty and not your precious, precious piece. So what they found out when 3D printing dice, because dice have to be 100% accurate or like as close as you can get, is that what you don't right. need is you don't need a billion heavy supports like spread across this. You actually what you need to do is you need to give it no room to get it wrong. So you take the lightest supports you can. I just use default Lachi lights and you literally mm -hmm. basically put them so close to the edges of the part that you want to print that it basically looks like a wall. It's like a tiny little wedge that is attached to that spot. And that tells the, the print, it gives it no more room. It's like this point in space is where this will be. And it will be there because yeah. there's a, a support there. And then of course the underside, you just, absolutely flood with light supports and and yes it's a little bit of over supporting but you're doing it intentionally so and you're using the lightest supports uh and you do it to a side that you don't mind the sanding a little bit so you are going to sand that the bumps off that bottom a little bit but what this will do is it will make sure that it will not you're dimensionally accurate you yeah it will absolutely be that point where the tip of the support as long as you don't have major problems with your printer or an FEP error or something will be mm. accurate. So a way to make sure that the edge is absolutely accurate every single time is to just line it with supports. See, I was really actually surprised when I, cause I used auto supports and just tweaked them a little bit. Right. Um, but this only has from what I can see seven, mm -hmm. like under each brick, there's like seven support box marks. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little bit more on some of these, but, but they're, pretty pretty conservative and they came off like it was like a dream mm -hmm. pulling them off the plate until i realized like oh and you know like i said they're usable they're usable but like this this particular thing it's interesting it reminds me of when i had overheating on my um mm -hmm. fep right because it got a similar warp right and, and it, honestly, it's a lot of the same problem is that you're dealing with the internal warping and the thermal shifting and the, the and the fact that they're kind of semi-liquid while you're still printing yeah. and that there's not enough adhesion to the spot that it needs to be at. And it has nothing to do with and, and when you do auto supports, it likes to put a few supports doing a lot of lifting which is normally exactly what you want on a mini. You want as few mm -hmm. supports as possible doing the, a bunch of lifting. And with organic shapes, it doesn't matter as much if like this muscle is just a little bit beefier than that muscle. Yeah. Um, but with when you have flat planes, you, you absolutely have to come up with a different solution. And that's what I do on this. Uh, oh, yeah. Sea uh, Catlet's pointing out, yeah, uh, Ty has a great video on supporting geometric shapes. Uh, like that print and um, Robinator, who is uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, all about making resin dice. It's a whole YouTube channel about making resin dice, and I love <laughs> it to pieces. Um, uh, has a, like a detailed how to support dice. It was a great enough like uh, my mini factory actually put it on their front page for a while when that video oh, came wow. out because yeah, it's like if you want to make your own custom dice in 3d and then print them and then cast them and make them into resin dice, it's like a full tutorial on how to do that. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. I, I do not need another hobby, especially something as addictive as dice. 
No, I can't walk out of a store without buying a set of dice. So, uh, like, I would just be the dice man. You know, stop being a game podcast. It would just be so many. Yeah, right. I have so many dice, and it's still when I went to Fanex last, you know, weekend. Mm -hmm. Still, the only thing I got was dice. I did get Dice Envy had blind bags of dice, and they were really, really high quality, cool dice. um, Mm -hmm. A lot of different colors and designs, but um, but they were blind bags, and it made them very cheap, which I thought was fun. So, anyway, I made the mistake of the Crystal Cast Juggo dice. Jug. No, at at the conventions, and you've been to Gen Con. (laughs) Yeah, different dice booths. I think it's Crystal Cast, is or is it? um, It's Crystal Cast, right? It's Crystal Cast, Chessex. Chessex. Well, they have a gigantic bin filled with dice. Mm Hmm. And they have a couple of bins. One is the normal bin, and the other one is the premium bin. And the Ooh. thing is, the normal brand bin is basically the reject dice or dice that have just a little bit of flaw on them mm-hmm. or just surplus, like we sure. have too many of them. Um, and usually that's not bad. It's just that they wouldn't match the rest of the dice if they put them in a set. Um, right. So they still look nice, and they're still great dice to have as random dice in your jug. Um, but, and then there's the premium set, dice bin and that bin is just these are just dice these are our good swirly dice these are just our dice <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. no 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 defects on the premium bin and also the premium bin usually also has like some of their higher end like swirly metallic stuff in it um, mm-hmm. and then you have an option you can buy a little coffee cup and then fill it with dice mm. or if i don't know if you drank kool-aid as a kid i mean i drank like the generic gallon, like same size oh, yeah. as a milk jug. So, so you know those gallon jugs? Uh huh. Oh yeah. They had those, and you could buy that and scoop it into the thing and take it with you. Yeah, yeah. That's that sounds fun. I did that. I did that twice. Twice. <laughs> two gallons of dice. I have two. Yeah. It's not even close to all my dice, but yeah, I did that, and now I have all the dice I'll ever need. But I'll still buy one every time I go to a game store. Sure. Sure. <laughs> wow, two gallons. So why? Of dice. I, why I did it family. is at the head of my game table is a set of old antique wooden candy shop bins. You know, like little angled bins that have like the lip and that so you could like pour full of candies so that you could mm-hmm. like buy it by the scoop full and by the pound and stuff. Sure. So it's a old set. It's like an antique set of those from a reclaimed shop. And it's like it's all wood and worn and it looks cool as hell. And I have. Basically, this bin is nothing but hundreds of D4s, and this bin is nothing but hundreds of D6s, and I filled that thing up like that. And it's like, so so at the head of my table, anytime anybody needs any dice at all, they can just reach into the bin and 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 just roll whatever they want. And also, like anytime I have like a new player or a guest player, they can just take whatever dice they want and take them with them. I don't care if it's in the bin; it's fair. Yeah, um, when I was, because when I was at the convention, we were running a, a book signing booth. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the weekend, I had two people who were like, teach me how to play D&D. So, yes, of course, yes. I, I had to go buy dice sets for each of them. And uh, mm-hmm. like the same sort of thing where like you got to have, like I still think I have like probably five five dice sets somewhere in this room right now. I could just give to someone <laughs> if they needed them. <laughs> So I understand, but I like the bins. That's, that's handy. Literally. 
Yeah. Also, hello, Alex in chat. We see you. I'm sorry that we haven't gotten to one of your comments yet. Also, hello, James in chat. We see you as well. Who says, half-height walls allow wings to go over the top with big figs. That's also true. So few figures these days stay on their bases. They love to go over. Literally. Yes. There we go. Uh, Kristen is showing it off with the custom figure with the big old bat wings and it's fitting yeah. over the half out walls. Yeah, I love half out walls as well. Um, I got really excited with the um, with the train essentials interiors because I loved you know all, all about that set. But the walls being full height was immediately like my biggest turnoff with yep, that. Yep. And then I'm so glad that they have added half height walls to all the sets and and continue to release it. They've been all their terrain sets that they've been mm -hmm. releasing since. since yeah. Yeah. Have included these same types of sets. I think this is the best. This might be the best way to do dungeons. Uh, yeah. And you know, like the value is is so good on that ten bucks. It's just insane. But yeah, it's a it's gonna be a good way to go forward. I don't know. I'm torn because, as we know, I have lots of money in dungeons and lasers, and mm -hmm. like, I am still painting my way through. I think year two. <laughs> dungeons and lasers started to release half hot wall sets. They did, they did, which mm -hmm. I was super grateful for. So now a lot of when I run, I'll run a half height on the player facing side. Mm -hmm. And use the full height in the background to kind of give it that more immersive flavor. Um, and I think I would do the same thing, actually, because there's some really cool designs in the train essential stuff on the full height walls, like mm -hmm. stained glass windows and stuff. But again, you can just kind of do the back wall that way. Right. And then have the player like so like that would be the same facing your your dungeon master screen or whatever. Or like mm -hmm. if you're doing a display diorama or whatever, that's the back. And you, you've got yeah. open. I used to do a lot of that with implied walls, too, where mm -hmm. I would just like. It, like, I don't mind those being on even player facing side as well. If it's important, like, you know, this is where the window is. So the window's tall and it has a window and you right, can see it. Or right. here's where the creepy orc head hanging on the wall is. And that's, you know, it draws attention to those spots uh, where you need it. And in, in that case, it's just a piece of furniture that you happen to put on the wall. It's not the wall. Well, I think it, we both like the Kraken tiles too, and those are very much just kind of an implied, here's like a little yeah. chunk of wall. Um, and the stuff I've done with the foam crafting, same way, that even if you just do the corners, mm -hmm. it's enough to suggest a full wall there, and you can you can kind of just roll with that. Uh, I'm going to need your help to either talk me into or more ac actually to talk me out of buying a Proxon. Uh, I will not talk you out of buying a Proxon. No. I, love I should that. buy a Proxon. I think they're great. Um, my biggest worry is like we're both really deeply invested in printable terrain at this point. And mm -hmm. I figure like I am one hot run of good terrain crafting away from like, you know, never opening my Neptune three, which I really want to use it. I do. And I want to mm -hmm. update its firmware, but I, I, I forget sometimes how fast and fun phone craft mm -hmm. is. And there's no reason not to have both at your table. And so, yeah, I will never talk anybody out of buying a Proxon. It's, it's right. especially compared to what's the blurs that can happen exactly um yeah the compared to the prices we're throwing out for our you know horace heresy box sets and or 3d printers um but yeah it's it's only I, half a horace heresy it's yeah maybe even less um but yeah and it's such a easy tool to work with um and it's fast uh yeah so no i'm not ever talking you out of the prox and i'm sorry yeah i, I love my my friend Pat has one and let me borrow it for a week just to see if I would like it. And I very much, very much, it was hard not to buy one that week. 
Yeah. Well, and I even got some of, uh, is it Gerard's shifting lands, um, mm -hmm. optional cutters for it. And that like, the like big, makes the big wall thing that makes you not make your walls crooked. Yeah, I have that. And I also have one that turns thing that angles mm -hmm. and a couple other jigs. And like, again, um, yeah, I, I think I even paid for them to reship overseas, but they're worth it. Half height sci-fi walls, Alex. Um, some of the releases for cast and play could be used for sci-fi. Um, I am very surprised for whatever reason, uh, with Dungeons and Lasers at least, um, the half height stuff has only been exclusively for their Pathfinder, Pathfinder licensed stuff. They did one dwarf mindset that was not in their Pathfinder license stuff. So it hasn't even been in their Kickstarters, which it just boggles my brain. Cause like um, they did do in their Kickstarter, this little like railing thing. Mm -hmm. And I adore this thing. Like it, it's such a teeny ad, but like so much flavor from it. And I don't know why we like, I, I think they could honestly do a Kickstarter for just that. And honestly, we in the, in their community are trying to get them to release STL stuff because if we could get some, you know, moddable STL stuff, to add on to it would be amazing i can only imagine what could be done with this stuff with that yeah even if they just release like the template files for the connectors then like all the custom crap that could exist would be amazing right because right. that's what happened with like um well uh in oh wait so and this is weird because the WizKid stuff they intentionally embrace 3D printing. They don't release any STL files themselves, but they intentionally made their stuff compatible with the, the two popular STL formats. Which is the only reason I'm using it at all. But there's mm -hmm. some stuff with it that's just so convenient. They also did angles and curves, um, which very few STL people do. Mm -hmm. oh, make your curves, people. We need the dungeons the, that don't look yeah. like grids. I have an octagonal room that I had to use Widskid stuff for because I'd set up the whole thing. And then I was like, oh, crap, this is the only thing there is. Yeah. So, And if you're a 3D printing gamer, especially if you're doing terrain stuff, you are already in the maker mindset. So I imagine the crossover between the 3D printing gamers and the people who watch DM Scotty and Blackmagic Craft and craft their own stuff is a pretty, like... It's a crossover pretty, community. Speaking of Venn diagrams. Oh boy. That, that's what's a up? pretty no, that's a pretty big Venn diagram overlap, I yeah, suspect. Yeah. And the, oh, they play together so well because like um the uh craftable minis uh Patreon, like with the cool texture roller sets that they're releasing and all the cool bits things. Like you can 3D printing stuff to accent and enhance your crafted stuff or to make jigs for your proxon or you'd have to do it in abs uh or to like make texture rollers or to print your doors so that you're not having to sit there and craft doors which is like one of the most annoying things to make out of foam totally mm -hmm. although i did get a bunch of them from a massive darkness kickstarter just piles and piles because they let you add on doors and so i i like added on two boxes of doors. <laughs> oh my gosh was the best thing I did, seriously, for that Kickstarter. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, I didn't mention, though, I, I did use a different um, software because it looked so easy. Okay, so I admit I didn't use Blender. Okay, sure. I I downloaded um, Idea Maker. Huh. Which is actually su used. supposedly um, meant to be kind of like Cheeto Box for Ray's 3D's printing stuff. Okay. Um, which it looked like they were higher end. 
but its join feature is just built into like your your slicer. Um, ironically, I then exported it and used TutorBox because that's what I'm used to doing. But I, the <laughs> but the join feature was so easy, and so like I, I will say, if you're intimidated and just want a very easy experience uh, merging STL files, uh, Idea Maker was super easy and it's free. I would also recommend like on the super easy side, uh, Windows 3D Builder. Yeah, I've heard it is stupidly that, easy and better yet. I use that even when I use Blender, and mm -hmm. I know that a whole lot of the STL makers do too, because I've, I've asked several of them in private about this. It will fix your STLs. It will, it'll get rid of the holes. It will get rid of the hidden voids inside of them. Like all the mistakes and sins and all your, your shortcuts to make your cool model, it will just fix it instantly and it'll be perfectly printable. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So even if you use Blender, I did take it into 3D Builder to fix it. <laughs> and still run a repair on it or something? Yeah, to make sure I didn't leave any like air pockets or anything in, or to trap resin inside the, the customs. Yeah. yeah. I'm obsessing now about Alex's comment. The more I think about it, half-height sci-fi walls, that's a, that's a pain point. I am really sure somebody does it. Uh, I know that there's so many people that have made Space Hulk compatible sets out there. Right. There's got to be somebody that's done half that. Also, shocked, I just Archon's don't know not, offhand. Not releasing them for their DNL stuff, and I think I usually see them attached to like bridges and like a lot of the really cool like um, refinery setups and stuff have half height walls. But no, I just don't think there's. Mm -hmm. Now, now I'm on a quest. Find half high uh, sci fi walls. Ccat was saying in chat that 3D Builder can cause scaling issues. Uh, if you could elaborate on that, that'd be great. Uh, I have not really noticed any problems on my end, but then again, I'm not super sensitive to scaling uh, when I do print. Um, but like, you know, if that's a big problem for dimensional accuracy on terrain stuff, so yeah, good to know. Wanna, yeah, Fusion 360 and NetFab Basic are better tools for repairing STLs. Interesting. Okay. I used to use NetFab a ton, but that was like a cloud service. I don't, I haven't used any of the any other things. Okay. David Wickham says Lychee gets angry with lots of STLs, but sometimes it thinks MM should be CM. Ooh. Oh no, that, that would, would be, be a bad. Problem. That would be very bad. <laughs> that would be bad. Very, very bad. Mm -hmm. uh, Why does your halfling look like a hill giant? <laughs> right. Oh gosh, I've been thinking about oversized prints as statues lately because, like, I've been looking at some of these OPR lizard dudes, and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool. This lizard dude riding his raptor, a foot tall, and painted up awesome on my desk at work. That's crazy. Because it is, it is really hard to. I've rented this a few years ago. If you are like a D and D fan or a fantasy fan, mm -hmm. there's not a ton of collectible statues and and. and like cool, cool things that you could put in your office to show off that you're a fan of these things that wouldn't just be like covering your desk in minis or toys. Now that a lot of that has changed a little bit lately because of like the D and D boom, there's been some really fun collectibles, but I'm not going to hang a dragon head on my wall at work, especially a foam dragon head. I don't need a life size kobold. Um, and really there are. Cute. 
and, and suspiciously worse. genital level with their spears, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very uncomfortable at high speeds. Um, <laughs> there was at Gen Con, there were several booths that just had those sitting out on the floor. And I was just like, this is a disaster waiting to happen. Right, right. Uh, but like just scaling up 3D print models would make some really cool statues. Yeah, I actually, um, RNE Studios um, mm -hmm. does a lot of um, kind of JRPG anime vibe yes. stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of their guys did a six foot conversion off of their Dark Elf Assassin, and it's gorgeous. Wait, wait, did you say six foot? Yeah, yeah, she's she's full size. She is people sized. And they how? But they did it in FDM and they sanded it, so they. So I'm sure some imperfections got covered up, but it looks it looks amazing. Um, wow, and then, yeah, I would they, love they, to see that. Yeah, I saw the one dude who made the the grave digger from Loot Studios at full size for their Halloween display, which was cool. Yeah, I actually saw that come back up again recently yeah. too. And they printed it in chunks on the Ender Three, so that yeah. took a lot of chunks. Yeah, that was a lot. I saw some of the, the how many different colors all the different pieces were. Yeah, before they, I they would, I would love to get like one of those. Get just get some time or some access to one of the like ones that uh, 3D printing nerd shows off, where there's like this is a five foot by five foot by five foot build volume, and it prints in resin, and I'm like. <laughs> Yes, please. Let me play with that. I want to play with that. I want How many bottles of goo do you need for so that? It's weird because these the, that those printers print using resin paste in mm -hmm. an FDM style. So they squirt the resin out of a tube, uh, you know, just like a FDM printer does. And it, technically, it is an FDM printer. And then on the print head is a big old UV flashlight that cures it right after it leaves the printer. Hmm. I would want to see it. That has to be absolutely horrifically expensive. Not just oh, the I'm printer, sure. but the materials. Oh my gosh. I imagine the smell also is formidable. Oh boy. I do not want to be anywhere near that. James is saying low 50 gallon bottles of resin. Right, right. Ugh. <sighs> no, thank you. So one of the things I've been printing lately and why I've been talking about dimensional accuracy mm -hmm. is that first I've been printing a ton of these, uh, these little movement trays. They yeah, have to image. be dimensionally accurate. Yep. Um, and also my friend, which is kind of a topic I wanted to get into today, wanted me to print, they designed up their logo in 3d and it's their gamer logo for their twitch streams okay and they wanted it to be printed out as like a little badge that they could magnet to their car because they just wanted it on their car hmm. and i thought it was cool and so i've been printing it out but it has it's a badge and it's like it's really cool looking logo like with a big old like something that like resembles the blue eyes white dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh all over top of it like in fire and their name and their, you know, their, their Twitch name underneath it and all that. And I, but it has to be dimensionally accurate. So, which is right. why I was talk, uh, which is why I was like, I actually had to do the, around the rim of the piece to make sure that the silhouette printed perfectly. I just went there and just like little bitty dots until like all the downward facing curves were basically supported by a wedge of support material. Hmm. 
And I kind of wish some printers started offering this as an option. There's like a wedge support that just traces the outer edges of a t object. Because that's where you get your warping. Yeah, yeah. I could see how, it, like, mm -hmm. from what we're talking about with the walls, it would stop it. So mm -hmm. that makes it sense. Also, it's also, it's really annoying going click, 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 I click, 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 I click, can't. Click, 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 uh, click, click, doing that click, by click, hand, click. I would lose my mind. Not to mention, like, I get shaky, and then I put, like, a random support in the middle of something that I don't Control need. Control Z. <laughs> uh, I, I have not the mental fortitude for your, your process, sir. Oh, it works. It works every time. But it but this is also one of my failures because it was a nice little thin badge and so getting it off the thing I snapped one of the corners and then had to reprint it. No. Which ultimately proved to be a beneficial thing to do. Yeah. Uh because because uh we figured out that we want to put a hole in it that a strip magnet can hide into. Uh, so that it does, so it sits flush against the car and has less chances of being like blown, catching wind and blowing off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, I have had little, but I have had some experience with magnetic car adhesives, and I'm surprised how often they'll just whip right off there if you get going. Yep. Yeah. Which means you lose them at high speed, like on a freeway or something, and you're probably never seeing them again. Lachi support has support painting now. Next leak has line supports. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lachi. Thank you for inventing the thing I just asked for. <laughs> proof they listen to the podcast. No. Pro proof <laughs> that technology is happening so fast. I, I love oh. it. I love it. Awesome. See, Catlett, message me after the episode. I want details on this. You are super knowledgeable. I I very much appreciate having you in chat. Yeah. Seriously. On their Discord, like, I'm not on Lightyear's Discord server. That's cool. I'm on too many Discord servers. How do people manage it? I have like 70, and it's just it's exhausting. I have some news. We have been very talkative about not much content today, so I'm I'm glad the episode has gone as well as it has. But we do have some news. Some okay. News. Well, sorry. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, so, I have a couple shout-outs, too, but I, I think news is, is more relevant. Go news. Okay. So this is about a release. And normally, hey, an STL set of a set of SDLs being released isn't news unless it's something special, right? That's just shout-out territory. Except for these are official Banner Saga minis that have been released from the publishers of the video game as printable STL files officially for completely free that's cool it's just here's all the bad guys and all the characters and all of our characters from our game that you can just print out and 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 paint at home and here it is all for nothing that's cool and that's great I like the, that's the big golem great. things look cool or whatever there just go to just go to the stoics website they've tweeted about it i'll have a link to it in the show notes and you can just download it and they're, they're really cool um Viking Norse myth style critters, like giants with cool freaking horns that are like that are not bad guys, and like the dredge, which are the bad guys, random bandits, some cool heroes. It's like it's nice. It's just a set of really awesome minis that are at very high quality that you can just go download. There is some history behind this. Mm -hmm. So Obviously, it's 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 doubtful that a company just 
exerts the hundreds or thousands of dollars that it takes to get a bunch of original sculpts to just slap on a website for free. Right. Uh, that's, that's not usually something that happens. Usually it's one or two minis that get made like that for free, not an entire set of war bands. Right. So there was, at one point in time, a board game made for Banner Saga called Banner Saga War Bands. And mm. that's where a lot of these sculpts have, have come from. Uh, the digital versions of these files that were then actually printed out and made into molds and then put into a board game. That company is no longer in existence. That board game is no longer for sale. Um, another company has bought out all the original IP to that property, but this is a licensed property, so that obviously doesn't go with them. And so these were basically sitting in rights limbo. Lots of people wanted the minis because Banner Saga is a wonderful, awesome game. It's a it's a it's a strategy tactics grid based combat fantasy epic that I highly recommend. If you uh, anybody go play, and you can usually pick it up for dirt cheap. There are three games in the series, and so you know there's it's easy to see why there would be fans of this. Also, they're just cool looking minis all on their own. Those trolls, the big giant dudes with horns, would look epic in just about any game or fantasy game. Uh, and they were just in rights limbo, but technically Stoic owns the rights, so they got the files from the defunct company and just decided to, hey, here you go, free minis. That's cool. Which like free stuff. Yeah. So go out there, get some really cool free Viking minis, and enjoy it. Very cool. No. I think that this is a cool idea. I think that there are definitely a lot of properties that collectors would be interested in owning miniatures for, but that can't that people cannot justify the expense that is involved in mass producing that product. Or, you know, like it's it's one level to hire a sculptor for a few hundred dollars to make your your sculpts, and then you've got your sculpts, and then you can get a pre-support uh person to get pre-supports and all that jazz. We know how the 3D printing industry works. That is within reach for most companies. But getting sprues done or resin casting or anything like that that's required for mass market, that's a little bit harder. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I think that, that this is definitely a route that a lot that's going to become more and more popular with major brands or adjacent brands that cannot justify releasing a full miniature war game, but do want some freaking cool minis of their awesome products and characters. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still interesting. I'm seeing a lot of hybrid, you know, Kickstarters right now where like partial STLs or like you can get the STL from the last Kickstarter and just weird. I'm like, I'm hoping we're eventually get to the point where it's like, or just get the STL now. <laughs> that would be good. Like, and we're starting like, to s- sorry, some. No, it's okay. It's okay. We talked about the Sanderson one already, which mm-hmm. again, like the troops or the STLs, you can't get into the name brand characters. That you have to pay for the physical ones for that. And, and I think that's interesting. But I'm, I'm hoping we move past that eventually. Yeah. Also, all I'm seeing a lot of is what we see here that there are these these 3D sculpts get created for these projects that either the project doesn't hit, that they don't go anywhere. Like uh, there was some. Really cool wizards and stuff that got released by STL minis a while back. That was that sort of situation. Like these are minis made for a board game that never came out. Yeah. Um, or what we see here, where this board game doesn't exist anymore. 
like these minis are still valuable to some degree to some people. Let's get them out there in the way that people can get them. And what I expect that we'll see in the future, especially is, hey, we did a print run, but we can't justify a second one. Right. So that so let's get some STLs out there. And I think that that's a vector that we're going to keep seeing uh, more and more because like, hey, you know what's better than all the money? Some of the money or some of the any money. of the money. Better than, than none of the money. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. all these expenses spent on paying these artists to make these cool things to just sit on a hard drive in some dev computer forever to just get deleted and lost, that's yep. a waste. Don't you want to see your cool troll trolls on battlefields and in D&D games? That's what <laughs> I want to see. I want to see my fans sharing, hey, this cool Banner Saga mini, look at what happened. Look how I painted it. It looks awesome, don't it? Hey, yeah, I should go buy Banner Saga and play it. That's super cool. I'm hoping more and more. I mean, I think that's kind of how the mm -hmm. was it um, Hero Quest revival kind of happened. Oh Same yeah, because the 3D printing thing was right. so big on getting 3D, and in the revival for Hero Quest was so big that they decided to make yeah, the game. And, yeah. and now it's getting expansions, which I mm -hmm. just is original cool expansions with new content. Right, right. That's crazy. Uh, shoutouts. Sure, so, shoutouts. Well, you know me, um, I always like things that don't match derivative things. And I'm going to shout out again to Labyrinth Models because they actually did a second Magitech release. Oh, yeah, um, I saw that. Which I, I really dig. Um, they've got some really cool, um, again, very original sculpts, um, some Gladius, like kind of, they're, they're almost like Magitech power armor with like web, like blades. Um, still a lot of like kind of your um, almost Napoleonic vibing gun people too so like if you want some more of that i was surprised that we got actual horses instead of more mechanical horses on this set but it's a pretty cool one hey i, I like actual horses too actual they're, horses they're easier are to pet fine we actually did mm -hmm. get a couple more spellcaster types which made me excited as well but um particularly up there in the left there uh I, like again if you're listening to this they're kind of like these um power armor is what it looks like to me but but it's magical looking but they have these uh, forearm blades and i think they're a really unique sculpt but again this whole release just doesn't mm. doesn't strike me as overtly based on something else i mean vaguely imperial stuff from old mm -hmm. hammer but very vaguely it's much more in line with kind of the various different final fantasy magitech vibes mm -hmm. so super excited by that <clears throat> yeah i've read those the 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 power armor i read those as clockwork ladies yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe they're more like Warforged type oh, characters. Yeah. Well, there's a video game. I forget its name, but it's uh, you play a, a clockwork assassin for Marie Antoinette in revolutionary oh. France. Wow, Rising Steel. Cool. Rising Crazy. Steel. Very cool. And it has this whole, this vibe here would just fit in right with that so much. Okay. Second one for me. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm very excited by non-spooky stuff during Christmas uh, during, during Christmas geez, during Halloween um, and uh, goblins which I almost always bag on uh, Vevictus mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the set oh, but they yeah. have beetle cavalry and I love non-traditional cavalry like that like it's just so unique looking these big kind of horned beetles and they got little gobs on them uh, it, it's just a very cute, different vibe. Um, and, and they're beetles, so they're kind of creepy, but they're not. Yeah, exactly. I love those big horn beetles. Uh, just cute little 
goblins yes 11 months of horror is enough for me david it, it can always be horror but I, I like to have my expectations subverted so during halloween occasionally when someone sneaks out something like this it's still kind of creepy i guess but like i think that's just a very unique model right. and i love how they designed the goblins so that like they're cross compatible with their other mounts so these goblins could go onto the wolf mounts and vice versa yeah yep yeah. um Gosh, I saw some dog mounts the other day that really cool, but I don't remember. Um, and then I don't know if you're is it is Adeptus Mechanicus the 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 weapons tech guys is that them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 worship the toasters. Yes, I just saw uh, an an I hadn't encountered Piper makes before, mm -hmm. um, but they have some very unusual robotic. I mean, you could use them maybe as tau proxies too. I don't know. They're very different looking. Uh, and again, I always like things in that kind of 40k sci-fi space that are just unusual. And it, it's just Piper makes it. I don't think there's a space between it. So um, Piper makes, uh, I love their stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have for a while because they, they make Tau that look Gundam. If that okay. makes sense. As if Tau didn't already look Gundam. Yeah. But they extra the Gundam. Um, yeah. They, I, I, they do really awesome room. Yeah. I'm more and more like, um, this this intrigues me as a potential army, like especially now that I'm getting over my my uh, uh, kit bashing fears. Well, if you did an armored division of it for Grimdark Future, you could do like an entire two thousand point force with like six models. Yeah, they'd just be mechs, gigantic, big, <laughs> stompy robots. Well, that's that's me. Is I, I want big, big, expensive models or or psychers in in other mar armies. I, I just want like. Five minis. That's my whole army. Basically, <laughs> you would have loved War Machine then. <laughs> Ironically, that, is, enough, all, that is that is all of War Machine. Right I'm there. really enjoying their uh, fantasy setting for Five E. So, oh nice. wow, yeah, it started as a fantasy setting for Three E. Yeah, yeah, the Iron Kingdom mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, it's it's cool seeing how they've spun it up for that. So. That's that's me for shout outs though. You got anything? I got one more shout out, and it kind of this was going to be a news topic, but the it is not as quite as big of news as Banner Saga. But Modifius, again, big company getting into that's been in the three D space for a little bit now, um, has decided to go a little bit deeper and release their entire John Carter set as printable option. Nice. So John Carter of Mars. Awesome, amazing sci-fi series. Um, also, a much underrated movie. That movie was awesome. I liked the, it. The, the recent movie. And I, and I really like saying Barsoom. Anyway. Yes. So they've got two STL packs, uh, the Heroes of Barsoom and the Thark Warband, uh, that you can go download and print, like officially licensed John Carter of Mars miniatures that you can print at home, which is great. Uh, more and more the big names are coming to the 3d printer well and they already had the fallout fallout stuff right like um, yeah which, so which the again... fallout stuff is interesting because it was all support material so terrain and a few of the npcs and stuff that probably would not have worked as mass market release they didn't release the fallout power armor set or you know minis right or very many minis that like that you need to play the game. You still have to go buy the war bands yourself. And to be fair, those aren't very expensive kits. Like 
and you don't need very many models to get a Fallout Warband if you want to play using the their official rules. Right. But to be fair, there's modular walls in there. They're not half height, but there are some modular walls that are modern and or sci-fi appropriate. So, right. I am intrigued. Yeah. These walls are meant to actually build buildings uh, with. Mm-hmm. Like for this is this is a this is a war game ass war game. You you play it <laughs> on the table with full buildings and stuff like that. So that's I can forgive them for not doing half height. But also, if you just want any sort of modern ish. STLs, this is a fantastic place to pick them up. Like just this army base kit with like, you know, tents and sandbags and jeeps and yeah, there's some extra sci-fi bits tossed in here, but a lot of this would work for any modern or near future stuff. Yep. Absolutely. Or your average 40k game, these walls and stuff would be invaluable. This would also work for 40k super easy. And I feel bad if you missed it, but you could have gotten literally like all of this on a humble bundle for 20 bucks. Not too long ago. Wow. That's something I need to be more paying more attention to is like when those STL humble bundles drop. Yeah. They keep doing them. So you probably, that probably wasn't your only chance to grab them. Yeah. Well, I think that's time. I think we're, yeah, we are out of time. Uh, Anything left for you, Kristen? Nope. I, I am complete. Uh, Alex asks, are those 3D or FDM printable? I do not know, but I would assume so. Uh, they may not be printable supportless, but those are big, giant terrain pieces, and I think the even the, the painted examples they showed were FDMs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because these have actually been on the market. The, the, uh, the Fallout stuff has been on the market for... A couple well, of years no. now? Yeah, yeah. And they all, oh, they also have Skyrim stuff. The Watchtower set is my favorite from that. So if you want some like really cool ruins and, and stuff like that to go with uh, some of your other Norsey ruin terrain, this is a good place to grab some stuff. A bit on the pricey side. Like yeah. they, you're going to pay a little premium for that Skyrim logo. Yeah, Fosroda. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, everyone. That brings us to the end of the episode. If you want to find more, you can do so over at printyourgames.com. You can also find us on the socials at facebook.com slash printyourgames and twitter.com slash printyourgames. If you're wanting to watch the videos, you can catch us over at youtube.com slash param. Until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery. Don't forget to use your screen protector. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.